Good afternoon to all. Welcome to Bill's Facebook Studies as we go through the Daily Bible in chronological order, edited by Dr. F. Lagarde Smith, former uh, law professor, actually, at Pepperdine University years and years ago, uh, but also a very well-renowned uh, Bible scholar and author. Chances are you have read a book or two of his, uh, and I hope that you are reading this one. I hope that you're reading the Daily Bible in chronological order as we go through this time. This is a Daily Bible reading program, obviously, and there are lots of those out there. So whichever one you use, even if you just come up with one yourself and you read three to four chapters a day over the period of a year, you'll read through the whole Bible. And what, a, what an amazing adventure and experience that is. I hope that you're able to keep up with us and that you have been able to um, check us out and help us to be able to uh, continue on uh, through this study. I'm hoping that you're able to get this and see this and looking forward to sharing this lesson um, with you. Uh, as we continue to be mindful of those in Ukraine and in um, Eastern Europe and throughout Europe, and we are very concerned for them and our hearts go out to them and we pray that God uh, would be blessing that event and would be blessing uh, those efforts to help. We are, ourselves are doing that as well. We have had a special contribution going on this week and I have some information about that on my Facebook page so you can scroll down a little bit from this video and it's got a, a picture of some of my kids in Ukraine uh, where I was at the time that picture was taken. It was somewhere around 20 to 22 years ago. And um, uh, actually 20, a little bit right at 22 years ago now. And, and uh, it's just heartbreaking to think of the difficulties that they are going through. That picture taken in Mariupol, which has taken uh, a great share of bombing and we pray that God will act and we pray that God uh, will bring about healing and help and recovery and some kind of peaceful and just uh, resolution uh, to this horrible, horrible conflict. Uh, as we continue on in prayer and if you would like to participate in our contribution, uh, there's information about that a little bit lower on my Facebook page. Or you can go to westerwin.com, W-E-S-T-E-R-W-I-N.com, and you'll see some information there on our website as well. Um, hoping that you're able to get this. I never know as I'm going on, and I don't see anybody signing on. So hopefully this is able to uh, get through, and, um, uh, and I appreciate uh, you taking the time out of your day uh, to take part in Bible study and to take part in this Bible study. If you've been reading this week, you know where we are. Uh, last week we looked at uh, Joshua taking over the leadership from Moses, that great call to be strong and courageous. And now this week we're reading about the uh, victories that God gave to the people of Israel under Joshua's leadership as they crossed the Jordan River from east to west and went into the promised land of Canaan, Palestine, uh, between the Jordan River and the Mediterranean Sea. And they did a lot of battles over the next six years as they took that promised land, but considering everything that they did, it was just an amazing victory one after the other that God gave 
uh, to his people under the leadership of the very faithful man, Joshua. Uh, last time we um, ended up in Jericho, we spoke briefly about the battle of Jericho and that weird battle plan of having the priests uh, walk around the city, all the people walk around the city with the priests blowing the trumpets once each day for six days on the seventh day, doing it seven times, and then the walls came a-tumbling down. And because of her great faith in the God that she said is God, the pagan woman Rahab was saved, as was her family, and everyone else in Jericho uh, was completely destroyed, given over as a sacrifice to God. Uh, we see that in Jericho, and he had instructed his people not to take anything, but to give everything to the Lord. And so um, it's very uncomfortable for us to think about today, especially in light of what's going on in Ukraine. But at that time, remember, this is somewhere around 1400 or so BC. And so there was a lot of different things going on. And God, of course, was concerned that his nation, his theocracy, this people who were a nation whose law was the law of God, would go off into following the gods of the lands and the peoples that they, um, that they overcame and conquered. And so um, we see this several times during this time in the book of Joshua. And Jericho was one of them. But as we know, there was a man by the name of Achan who was uh, a member of the tribe of Judah. Ultimately, King David and Jesus of Nazareth would descend in that tribe. But Achan took some things. He saw some things he just couldn't not uh, take. And so he did. And he hid them, or so he thought. And, uh, and so the next battle comes around after God gave them that great victory in Jericho. They're attacking the city of Ai, not nearly as big, not nearly as, as much protection. And so Joshua doesn't even assign a big army to go and take it. And he, they go and they're expecting an easy uh, a victory, but instead they are routed and defeated and have to run back to Joshua. And Joshua uh, falls down before the Lord and says, what is the matter? And that great uh, verse in the old uh, translation, there's sin in the camp. <laughs> and, um, and Achan had taken some of the devoted things, the things that had been devoted for destruction. And so God caused them to be defeated. And when uh, Joshua hears that, God tells him, get up, handle this, and then we're good. And so they go through all of the process of trying to figure out who took some of the devoted things that were meant for destruction, meant to be given over as a sacrifice to God. And it turns out that it was Achan. And so he and his family are destroyed. And then God gives uh, Ai back to uh, the, uh, Joshua for a second chance. And this time there's a little bit different battle plan than the first time where you're walking around a city every day for six days and then seven times on the seventh day and blow the trumpets and the walls just come down because of the power of the Lord. This time it sounds more like a military captain or general planned uh, the strategy because he plans an ambush uh, through the angel of the Lord, gives him instructions, and, and Joshua says, okay, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to have some of us go and attack the city, and uh, and then they'll flee, and the army of Ai will come out chasing them, and they'll think it's going to be just like the last time where they are victorious. But what they don't know is that there are some that are lying in wait. There are some that are hiding, 
uh, to ambush them, to ambush the city. And so once they have left the city unprotected, the other parts of the army attack and begin to burn the city down. And when they see that their city is on fire, uh, then the ones that they have been chasing turn around and become the attackers. And those who were in the city now come forward as well. And so the army of Ai is trapped in between and God gives them a great, great victory. And finally, they are able to be victorious. Uh, well, from there, they just march through that promised land. They march through Canaan, uh, one city after another. One of the first ones is the city of Gibeon. Remember, the Gibeonites were the ones that uh, they have a treaty with Joshua. They, they uh, plan, they hear that God is a very powerful God. He is the true and living God, and he's going to deliver uh, this land into their hands just as surely as he delivered uh, Egypt and Pharaoh into the hands of Moses and brought them out. And so they say, you know, we know what's, what's happened. And we're, we're not going to uh, put ourselves in that situation. And so they wear, they, they get clothes that look like they've been wearing them forever. Uh, they get stale bread and they come to Joshua and they say, hey, we've come from a faraway land. We're not here to threaten you at all. We just want to sign a peace treaty with you. And they do a little bit of research on their clothing and their supplies, but they don't inquire of the Lord. Perhaps Joshua's only mistake throughout his leadership. And because of that, they sign a treaty with them thinking that they're from somewhere else. And then it turns out they're one of their neighbors. And so because of that, they are, are uh, ultimately bound to protect them, to continue to honor that treaty. But they do set them up as servants and slaves within uh, the land of the Jews, but they uh, don't put them to death like they do everybody else. Um, and so Gibeon cries out to Joshua saying, hey, we're being attacked by all these kings and that are our neighbors here. Remember, we're, we had a treaty here. You need to support that. And it's uh, interesting as we think of Ukraine and NATO and all of the things that are being discussed about the, the treaties that, and the connections between them, the agreements. And it's, uh, it was something just like that with Gibeon and with the Jews. And so Joshua takes his army and defeats those five kings and, and their armies, and the rout is on. And they go as they're attacking uh, those kings for uh, Gibeon to protect the city of Gibeon. Um, and some interesting things happen. Hailstones come down and fight for uh, Joshua and for Israel. And uh, Joshua prays that they would have more time. And so uh, God extends the day. The sun stands still, as the book of Joshua records, so that they can continue to defeat their enemies. Very, very interesting stuff during these early chapters of Joshua. And from there, we see, again, one victory after another. And uh, it's interesting that in the March 12th, uh, reading, uh, we find in Joshua chapter 12 a list of all of the victories and all of the kings that the Israelites defeated. Remember, first of all, when Moses left Egypt and was going through the promised land um, east of the Jordan before they ever crossed, he defeated Sihon and Og, two kings, and their kingdoms, their cities of the Amorites. And they were able to uh, destroy them and overcome them. And so they 
uh, they got their kingdom, and that was east of the Jordan. The promised land west of the Jordan is what they are looking for. And so they agree that they're going to, the tribes that want to stay there, east of the Jordan, two and a half tribes, Reuben, Gad, and a half of the tribe of Manasseh, they decide that they want to stay there. And so their people, their children and wives and, and livestock stay there after they have fortified their towns. And then they cross the Jordan with the Israelites and begin to fight all the battles, including Jericho and Ai and Gibeon that we've already discussed. We talked about that miraculous crossing of the Jordan River uh, last week, so I hope that you remember that incredible story. Just like Moses crossed uh, the and the Israelites crossed the Red Sea on dry ground, Joshua leads the people across the Jordan River on dry ground as well. Very exciting story. But they continue to go and they continue to fight. After uh, the Bible in Joshua 12 mentions Sihon, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan. With Jericho and Ai goes on to Jerusalem and Hebron, Lachish, some other cities and towns that you're probably familiar with, Bethel. Uh, others all the way down to Tirzah, 31 kings in all. And so it's just an amazing, and it takes them about six years to do that, which is incredible. A great victory, uh, a great and amazing um, uh, uh, time for the people of God. And so now that they have, uh, now that they've conquered the land, they've got to divide it up. Remember, the Israelites are divided up by tribes. There are 12 tribes of Israel based on, <clears throat> based on the 12 sons of Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel. He was Abraham's grandson, Isaac's son. And, uh, and Jacob had 12 sons and a daughter, and the 12 sons became the 12 tribes of Israel. And um, uh, one of the tribes, Joseph, actually is divided up into two, Ephraim and Manasseh, uh, which was according to his father, Jacob, or Israel, when Joseph helped deliver his family and his people uh, by bringing them to Egypt after he had uh, grown in power under Pharaoh. Um, and that's a great story from Genesis. And so Ephraim and Manasseh, his sons, actually take a role as one of the tribes of Israel. And the tribe of Levi becomes the Levitical tribe, and the priests are descended from Levi through Aaron, Moses' brother. And, um, and so as they divide up the tribes, as we'll see in just a moment, uh, the tribe of Levi doesn't get a specific place. The Levites are scattered throughout the tribes. They have their own cities, their own towns. And the priests, who are not just descended from Levi, but they're also de descended from Aaron, uh, the brother of Moses, Aaron, the first high priest, um, and then Eliezer, his son, and, uh, and then uh, Phinehas becomes the, the priest after, after Eliezer, and we'll see that coming up in some of our reading. Uh, but they receive uh, their inheritance uh, near uh, where the, uh, the tabernacle is going to be the place of worship. And so I'm going to show you, if, if, I, if you can see this, you probably, in your own Bible, you probably have um, a, um, 
a map, a Bible map in the back. If you have a good study Bible, likely you have that. I'm trying to get this right. Sorry about that. And uh, and and you see this. Uh, this is one of those that you could get in the back of your Bible or by Googling online. Uh, Israel divided among the tribes or something like that. And so as you see this, you see down here um, is the Dead Sea right there. And then the Jordan River, of course, flows up. And here is the Sea of Galilee, very important in Jesus' day. Well, the east of that, on this side, between the Jordan River and the Mediterranean Sea, you have uh, the basically the Promised Land. This is the land that was primarily given to the Jews. But you also see that on the other side here, you have Manasseh and Gad and Reuben. Manasseh has half of their tribal uh, inheritance east of the Jordan. And then Gad and Reuben are there as well, those two and a half tribes that were de that received that land that Moses led the people in taking from Sihon and Og. But they agreed, their fighting men agreed that they would cross the Jordan and fight with their brothers so that they could receive their inheritance as well. And that's exactly what they did. And there'll be some interesting stories when they go back and uh, and what happens there. But during all of this reading that you were doing, and it was talking about where the boundaries are and the cities and all of that, to me, this is the best way to do that because I get lost looking at all of those things and hearing, reading through all of that. And it's easier for me to visualize it. And so it's good if you have a map, uh, either you can get online or in the back of your Bible that talks about Israel divided among the tribes. Um, then you'll be able to see that a little bit more clearly. Uh, you see here is the tribe of Judah. Just above it in the light blue is the tribe of Benjamin. Jerusalem is in the tribe of Benjamin. Uh, the first capital city of David, uh, which is Hebron, is down here in the tribe of Judah. And then later David, King David, would make Jerusalem uh, his capital. And so we see that. So all of that being divided up and you and you can refer to that. I think it's very helpful to see how the tribes all lay out and and how that compares uh, with later history of the Jews under, for example, King Saul and King David uh, and King Solomon. David reigns for seven years in Hebron and then moves his capital uh, to the city of Jerusalem, which becomes known as the city of David. When the, uh, when the kingdom divides during the time of Solomon's son, King Rehoboam, and ten of the tribes go north, it's Judah and Benjamin that stay faithful in Jerusalem and in the south, the kingdom of Judah, to the line of David and King uh, Rehoboam. All the others go north. And they set up their own gods, they set up their own idols, they set up their own altars and priesthood, and, um, and they become the nation of Israel with the capital of Samaria. So interesting stuff there. I hope that helps. I hope that you can refer to your own Bible map that you can see a whole lot more clearly and, and look through that. But we see those eastern tribes being given their inheritance, the tribe of Judah and Benjamin, as I said, the two primary tribes in the south. And throughout the, um, the tribes on the east part of the Jordan and the west part of the Jordan, there are cities of refuge. And these are cities where if someone accidentally kills someone, they can flee to one of those six cities. And they're scattered throughout uh, the tribes. 
and they can go there and they can ask for protection so that the avenger of blood, the person who is a relative of that person that they accidentally killed, will not kill them. Remember in the Jewish law, life for life, limb for limb. So they had to run for their lives and stay in that city of refuge until the high priest died and the city leaders there would make a decision as to whether that person has actually uh, committed that uh, murder accidentally. Uh, and if they had done it purposely, then there was no protection for them. They were condemned according to the law. East of the city of, uh, east of the Jordan River, there are three cities of refuge. West of the Jordan River, three cities of refuge as well. Uh, the Levites and the priests received their inheritance, not specifically by having their own uh, land, but uh, as far as the whole tribe, but they are scattered throughout the tribes as well so that they can help the Israelites and maintain uh, the Israelites' religion. Uh, before we go today, I want to read one story of one person who received his inheritance. Remember when Moses assigned those 12 spies to go into the promised land, and as we sing, 10 were bad and two were good, and the two good ones, one of them was Joshua, who became the leader of the people and, the, and the, the nation. And the other one was Caleb. Joshua was a descendant of Ephraim, and he receives his inheritance in, uh, the, under, in the land of Ephraim and uh, a descendant of Joseph. But Caleb is a descendant of Judah. And so he receives his uh, inheritance in the southern part and under the tribe his tribal land of uh, Judah. And it's during this time uh, when, we, uh, when we see these tribes receiving their inheritance that we read this. This is from the March 13th reading, and it is Joshua 14, starting in verse 6. Joshua 14, verse 6. Now the men of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me. That's where they sent those spies out from. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to ex explore the land. Joseph, Joseph, uh, Joshua was one of those 12 as well. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my brothers who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt with fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Caleb continues to Joshua. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses, while Israel moved about in the desert. So here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I am just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified, but the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb, son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite, ever since. 
because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. May we not be like those other ten as he took over the leadership for Moses, hearing the call, be strong and courageous, certainly was very strong and courageous, leading the Israelites throughout the promised land, 31 kings, 31 victories, achieving independence for Israel, finally fulfilling the promises made to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob 600 years previously. And now Caleb, Caleb, who has seen firsthand that land that he wanted, he had thought about it for all of those 45 years, I'm sure. And now at 85, he is just as spry, just as uh, strong, just as faithful as he was before. And he says to Joshua, now give me this land. Give me this hill country. Give me this mountain so that I can establish my inheritance here. Even though it'll be hard, I know, but because I follow the Lord wholeheartedly, he will surely keep his promise and he will give that to me. May we be like Caleb and follow the God of Caleb wholeheartedly. Continue to be in prayer for our nation and our world. And I pray that all of your loved ones are safe and healthy. And I will see you again on Thursday. God bless.